Hello, I'm Casey. And I'm Tori. Welcome Welcome to to All Girls Girls Considered, a podcast dedicated to telling the stories of inspiring women and girls. Today we are speaking with Caitlin Fondano. Caitlin started her career at DPR Construction in 2010 and worked on a number of sustainable and eco-friendly projects during her term with the company. She's now a project manager for a real estate development company that focuses on a on adaptive reuse and historical building renovations. Welcome, Caitlin. Tell us a little about yourself. Hi, girls. Well, thank you for having me, first of all. So as you said, Caitlin Fondano, I am based in Phoenix, Arizona right now. Um, I started my career in construction, as you mentioned, so a little bit of back history. So I'm the youngest of three girls. Um, So I have two older sisters, both of whom actually live in Arkansas now. Uh, so I think by nature, I was a little bit of a tomboy. And so by kind of following my passions, working with my dad, I ended up in the construction industry and now in the real estate development world. So can't wait to tell you girls a little bit more about what I do here today. Awesome. So you actually specialize in a unique type of project, correct? That's right. So I actually work um, in adaptive reuse is a kind of specific type of development. And so what that means is as my job at the real estate development company, so kind of going back to the basics. So project manager at a real estate development company. So what that means is that I'm the one who has to bring the project together. And when you think of construction, that's pretty easy to imagine because that's kind of working from the ground up and bringing a project to life. But what the difference is in development is that that's where the project really starts. So you're the one coming up with the idea of the project, you're the one bringing the people together to make that project happen, and then you're finding the cool restaurants or stores or tenants who are gonna occupy that space. You then turn it over to the construction management team and they're the people that bring it out of the ground and kind of raise the project and, and make the building come to life. So within that, the world of adaptive reuse, what that means is that we find cool old buildings, usually that have been used for a different purpose. So maybe it's an old house that we can turn into a restaurant or an old office building that we can turn into a restaurant. And what we do is we take that cool space and we make it something interesting that interesting tenants want to be a part of. That sounds really fun and a little stressful maybe. (laughs) But anyways... Going off a little off topic, what was your childhood like? So childhood was was pretty simple. So I mentioned I was uh, one of the three girls. So early on, I started working with Habitat for Humanity. It was something that my dad and I did beginning when I was in my early teens. And I actually carried through working with them um, when I was in college and shortly thereafter. And with Habitat, I really got to go out in the field and kind of put things together. So Habitat for Humanity, for those who aren't necessarily familiar with it, it's a building affordable housing for kind of the families that are in need. Um, it's not a hand up, or it's a hand up, not a handout, rather. And so my time with them, I really got to learn how a house got built and how a house got put together. And at the same time, got to spend some time out in the field with people that I enjoyed and Obviously, my dad was out there at well as well. After that, I went to uh, school at Arizona State University, and that's where I did an undergrad degree in construction management. I spent some time working in that field uh, in both California and Arizona, and then went back to school actually to get a master's in real estate development. 
which is kind of what's led me to where I am today. That's really interesting. <laughs> uh, so is there something that really just like caught your attention with eco-friendly construction? So I would say eco-friendly construction and sustainability are things that I've always been interested in and wanted to be involved in. Working with Habitat for Humanity, that was probably my first kind of instance of being made aware that there was a greener, less wasteful way to build things. Um, the homes that they construct, they often try to implement a program that's called lead building. And so homes and buildings can get LEED certified, which means that they've met certain standards that allow them to be considered green construction, whether it's reducing waste on a project or just bringing in certain processes or systems that are more environmentally friendly or energy efficient. So I would say that was my first experience with it. The other thing that I got to do that really piqued my interest was a project that I was at DPR and it was a commercial office building here in Phoenix that was LEED Platinum, which is the highest level of that LEED ranking I mentioned to you. And it was also net zero, which means it, it actually produced more energy as a building than it consumed. So it didn't rely on the power grids or anything else to kind of use energy and power it on a day-to-day -day basis. And so I think between those two things, that's really what got me interested in eco-friendly construction and my first experiences with it. And then from that point, it's kind of always been something I was fascinated with. At ASU, they have a sustainability program, in fact, that it's actually a degree program solely focused on sustainability. And while it's not something I did, it was certainly something that I took classes in and focused on while I was also at Arizona State. What are some of your favorite things about the work that you do? So what I really enjoy about the work that I do is I get to kind of be a part of things that are coming up. So I get to see projects really early on. I get to come up with ideas of what might fill the corner of a neighborhood or what restaurant goes into a certain part of town. And then I also get to work with a really interesting group of people. I work with from kind of business people to banks to tenants that are going to use the space um, all the way through architects and engineers. So I get to really work with a very varied group of people, and I enjoy that quite a bit. Beyond that, it also isn't a job that I spend a lot of time in front of a desk or in front of a computer. I get to go out in the field and kind of walk around and see things come into life, and I really enjoy that part. That sounds very interesting, actually, to me. <laughs> so during your work, it sounds like there are some things that could be hard for you. Were there any challenges that you see in your work? So I would say um, probably the two main challenges I would come up with is there can be a lot of pieces up in the air that you have to deal with. Um, there's a lot of parts to any given project and keeping them straight is always a part of the challenge, but that's also what makes it exciting sometimes. And then also something that you don't necessarily want to think about when you're going into development is just that these projects can take a very long time, anywhere from a few months to a few years. And so sometimes when you get stuck on one that you're really excited about, but it's actually going to end up dragging out for two or three years, you lose steam. So you have to really keep engaged and, and keep energetic and keep the kind of end result in mind. Yeah. What is it like for you to work in a professional field that's considered male dominant? Yes. So this is a question I get a lot. Uh, and it's actually, which may or may not make sense, it's probably the least of my worries um, or least of the challenging things about my job. 
And so it actually makes it, it quite fun. Um, it's a great environment to be in all the time. And while I think historically it was a very male-dominated industry, it is something that is changing quickly. But the benefit right now of being a female in this industry is that people are very excited about the way that females think in regards to construction or kind of how they work through logical prob problems, which development projects often are. Females tend to look at things a little bit differently than a male, and that makes it something that's more excited or it's more exciting for employers as they kind of consider who they're going to bring on and how they can fill out their teams. What I see as a benefit oftentimes is if you are in a male-dominated industry or if you walk into a conference room and there's only a few females in that room, the benefit that you have is people often remember who you are. And so the challenge is often you have to be able to make sure that you know your stuff, you know what you're saying, you're very confident about what you're doing. But if you can prove that you are and you can prove that you're smart and you can compete just with the rest of them, it really isn't a challenge at all. Yeah. Uh, so do you have like an example of how you've brought like a unique perspective as a female? Well, um, I think one of my favorite examples was when I worked in California. Um, I worked with uh, a large group, a large team actually there. It was about 30 people. And one of the projects that I was in charge of managing was we had to redo a roadway and some landscape that was going through a business park. So if you can kind of imagine how chaotic that would be and how many people are going around that street in that area on any given day. And what made it more complicated was the fact that it was a 24-7 campus. So there was never a time that we could just close it off, do all of the work, and then put it back in place and, and say that we were never there. And so actually my experience on that project was initially it was a male that was in charge of the role. He was supposed to come up with the plan, um, communicate it to the owner that we were working with at that point, and then really kind of put it into place. What ended up happening very early on was that the owner lost faith in his confidence and was really struggling to understand kind of what the plan might be. The person on my team who was communicating with him was really doing a poor job, and so the plan basically was never approved because nobody quite knew how or when it was going to happen. And so my role ended up replacing the person who was in charge of it initially. And so the way that I took it about was kind of coming up with colored maps that showed each phase of the project and how we were going to be moving through the campus. And what that allowed me to do and what the owner was able to do with that was indicate to the kind of different customers or different people on the campus how they would be affected, when they would be affected, and what they could expect moving forward. So I think that was a really good kind of observation for me as to how clearly I could communicate something and the benefit I had in the way that I looked at it versus the person who was trying to do it before me. That's really interesting. Tell us more about using historic buildings for cool new projects. So historic buildings are really neat because if you look through kind of a neighborhood and if you look around you, and you girls in Arkansas are a little bit more, uh, I would say, lucky in this instance than here in Arkansas because you guys have some older buildings than we do. But kind of bringing a historic building to life is really fascinating because a lot of times these are buildings that people no longer think about um, or just don't know what to do with. 
And many of the projects that we've seen at Desert Viking here in Phoenix are buildings that have been boarded up for 15, 20 years, really with nobody paying any attention at all to them. So they bring a certain set of challenges in that oftentimes they were built with out-of-date construction methods, or maybe they're not as structurally sound as they used to be. And so you typically have to work closely with your engineering team to make sure that you can bring them all up to code. But the benefit is, is that when you end up with a project like that, the end result is something that you couldn't even come up with yourself because it has so much character and so much value to a neighborhood that it was a part of for so many years that it's pretty exciting to see when they come to life. Yeah, that I feel like that'd be really cool to like watch and like see how a new, like an old historic building can really come to life in modern day. So what did you learn about giving back from Habitat for Humanity? So for Habitat, I think what was very interesting to me is because I did start it so early on um, that I really got to initially do it just because I'd like to go out and be a part in the field and, and spend time with my dad. But what it turned into was me really understanding the value of bringing the community together and what that can mean for those families that really need that help at that point. Um, the foundation of Habitat is really built on the volunteers around it. And so you're getting a large group of volunteers together to build a house, many of which who, or many of whom have never picked up a hammer before, who have never been on a job site or don't know anything about construction. And so I think for me, the biggest takeaway was just that people are really, really willing to help if you give them the right tools to do so. And at that point in Habitat, it was just giving them basic knowledge that really was useful for them when they could go around and do things around their house or change some fixtures in their house or whatever it may be because it was something they learned at the site. But in doing so, they were also really helping the community that they were a part of. Tell us about your favorite project you have worked on. So I would say I think the fam favorite project for me would be um, that office building I mentioned to you that was LEED Platinum and Net Zero just because it was such a unique space, especially here in Phoenix. Um, and as you know, I'm sure in Phoenix, it gets very, very hot in the summers, but the building is so unique and so well designed that it's actually able to run without air conditioning most of the year, which sounds absolutely crazy to most people in the Valley here, but it was really an enjoyable project because it was such a unique type and it was really focused very early on on making it the best building that it could really be. And I think in the end, we were actually very successful. That's amazing to hear. So there was no air conditioning in that? So there is air conditioning, um, but what it actually works through is what's called passive cooling. And so the way that the building is working is if you think about if you're standing outside and if you're standing still and it's 100 degrees outside, you might be quite warm. If it's 100 degrees outside but there's a breeze, you won't feel like it's the same as if, it, if there were no breeze. And that's essentially how the building's working, is it's moving air through the building strategically, and in doing so, it's cooling off the people that are inside that space so that they may not know that it's actually 120 degrees outside, which unfortunately, it actually can be here in Phoenix. They think it's, it's more like 80, 85. And there is air conditioning in the building, and they do have, it's more complicated than I probably explained there, um, but they do have air conditioning. It just doesn't run all the time or nearly as much as it would in a typical building type around here. That's cool. So 
What people or experiences or ideas have motivated you and influenced your decisions? So one of the biggest things um, that I've kind of carried with me and that I hope to really bring to life as I go through kind of the next chapter of my career or whatever it may be is an idea called the triple bottom line. And so everybody knows that when you run a business, uh, you always want to make profit. Well, I guess you hopefully want to make profit. Um, and whether that's a nonprofit and it's money that you can turn back into your community or if it's more standard business model, that's money that you can take home or give to your employees or whatever it may be. The theory behind a triple bottom line is that you really have three measures at the end of the day besides just how much money you made. You measure it based upon people, planet, and profit. And so I think that that's just a really unique way of looking at things and a really interesting way of kind of changing the perspective of how a business should be run and knowing that it really should benefit the place that you live in. It should benefit the community around you. And it should be pretty profitable at the end of the day if you can accomplish all those three things. So that's something that has really influenced my decisions, and I think it will continue to do so moving forward. So earlier I asked you, what are some of the challenges you see in your work? Have any of those challenges that you named pushed you to what made you want to quit or have, have them made you stronger? I think, um, I think it's, yes, I would say, um, often I think it's difficult to, to kind of pick up a project maybe that you weren't involved with from day one. And, and try to drive it forward when you don't necessarily know why some initial decisions may have been made um, or if the project's a little bit different than how things you would have done yourself. So I don't know that they drove me to want to quit, but I think it, it really changes your mindset from a standpoint of what do you want to do long term. And that has really defined for me the desire to be very in integral in how decisions are made, how projects come to life. And whether that's being part of a company that truly shares the beliefs that I do, or if it's maybe one day starting my own company, I think that that's where those challenges come into place is just really recognizing how can I do this better for myself or how can I do this better next time? Yeah, I mean, that's something that I've always thought of, like has like something in the future, will something right now affect my future or will if I have a plan all set for my future, well, if something happens, well, I'll be able to adapt to it. So I think the biggest thing is making sure that you're learning from everything. So whether it's good, bad or ugly or somewhere in between, I think the biggest thing is really kind of having a takeaway from each piece that you're involved with. Even if it's good, what unfortunately when things are easy, you're not necessarily learning the most. But when you're actually challenged or you have to work through some things that you weren't expecting, that's really when you get a chance to kind of dig into the problem and maybe come up with some unique solutions that would have served you better next time or moving forward. Yeah. So one of the last questions that we'd like to ask is, what advice do you have for girls listening to this podcast? So my advice would be to stay open-minded always. Um, really find something that you're passionate about. I think it's you hear... I guess follow your passion and, and work won't feel like such a job if you enjoy what you're doing all day. And I do think as kind of cliche as that sounds that that's most important. What I've enjoyed about construction and what I enjoy about development is that I can be a part of something that I'm seeing coming to life. And that's truly what motivates me. 
So I think for girls that are listening to this or who are maybe considering which direction they want their careers to go, the most important thing is to kind of keep your mind open to any possible possibilities. Really understand maybe if you're interested in something, the different careers that can come out of it. And then I would also say just don't let anybody tell you no because certainly being a female in construction, that's not something that's unfamiliar. But obviously, it hasn't stopped me yet, and it certainly won't stop me moving forward. Well, it's probably time to wrap things up. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day to talk to us. We hope you have a great day, and we hope our conversation has been inspiring to some of our listeners. I know it has been for me. This is Tori. And Casey. From From All Girls Girls Considered, Considered, signing off. off.